I'll tell you what, if you got your Bibles, turn to Mark uh, chapter 9. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share again on, I'm calling this Just Have Faith Part 2. You know, I was, I was looking back over those uh, messages that I'd, I'd uh, just kind of looking at the editing and looking at some things, listening to part of that sermon. But that sermon from, I think it was like March chapter, Mark, March chapter, March about 10th or 15th, and, and uh, it was, it, but it was, is God enough? You know, the, the challenge to us at that time, this was at the beginning of this pandemic, beginning of this time, and my challenge to you, and the question I was asking, is the God you know enough? And, and now, I, last week I taught on this, and I'm going to go back to these scriptures. Even though we, we looked at them last week, we're going to cover a lot of the same verses, same verses that I taught last week. Because if one thing I know is that why I love the Bible... You know, I've got stacks of books. I've got a lot of books on leadership. I've got books on how to understand the Bible, how to, you know, be married, raise kids, counsel those that do. I've got all kinds of books, being in ministry for almost 30 years. But I've also got more money tied up in Bibles and study Bibles, every translation, all kinds of different things, helps and, and, and Greek meanings and all these things to study. Because, man, when I open the Word of God, I see a, a wealth of information, value, and revelation to change my life. And you know, when I begin to look at even verses that are familiar to me, that's why I change translations once in a while, because how interesting it is to see them read in those other translations. But here in uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 20, I'm going to jump, we're going to start with verse 23, and then we'll backtrack to some others. But um, yes, it is warmer at the top. It, it, but it's colder here than it is even right there. So just if it's a little cool. We didn't get the heat turned on as early tonight. It's not supposed to need the heat in this time of May. I mean, you know, you're supposed to be, supposed to be warm. But uh, uh, chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus is asked the question, or let's, let's read verse 22. It says, it, uh, I'm sorry, stay with verse 23. I did it again. Y'all tease me sometimes. I start in a verse and I jump to a different verse. So I'm just trying to keep you on your toes, keeping you paying attention all the time. Verse 24, 23, if you can, said Jesus, everything or everything is possible for one who believes. Now I'm going to read that verse out of the King James Version. And it says, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe. That's why I don't use the King James a lot, because we don't talk like that, right? We, if thou canst believe. I'm not making fun, I'm just having fun with it, right? But that, that statement, can you believe, that's the question he's asking. He says, if you can believe, all things are possible. And he says it again, to him that believes. I, I do love the way that's, that's written. And then in, out of the ESV, the English Standard Version, it says, if you can, Jesus said, if you can all things are possible for one who believes. Now, the, the NIV has a question mark after the if you can. And last week when I read that, I read it as if Jesus was challenging him when the Father said, if you can help me, please help me. The Father came to him with the Son. And I, and, and I looked at it as Jesus questioning him like, if I can? You know, that was kind of the way. Well, in the Greek and Hebrew, there's not the, the, the punctuation. So, and, and I got to be careful, I got like English teachers and I got people, I don't want to go too far, I got, super, I got really intelligent English minded people here, I don't want to get too far into English. But you know, how you, how you use those punctuations can change a lot. 
But regardless of who and where the question is directed, there's a question there because the father came to Jesus and he said, if you can help my son, I need help. Your, your disciples couldn't, and we'll read that in a minute. But he said, if you can. Well, Jesus asked the question. He says, if you can. But the question he's asking is, can you believe? Now, see, the value in this, to me, is, is that when I, when I use this uh, title of just have faith, meaning only have faith, don't allow other things in, we've got to first of all ask ourselves the question, can we believe? Because that's the challenge that we have oftentimes in, in going to God, believing God, trusting God, is can we? And we have to ask ourselves, can we believe? Now, one thing I'm not saying is I'm not here to say that if you don't get your prayers answered, it's a lack of faith. There are times when that is the case. If you don't receive healing, it's a lack of faith. There's times we see in Scripture where it is that case. Sometimes we, we I always tell people there's also sometimes other things that we need to ask ourselves. There's other questions. Am I being obedient? Am I harboring bitterness or unforgiveness? You know, the Bible says that, that, that there's other things that cause us to not receive. Am I being obedient to, to the things that, uh, that He would instruct me in? But I do want us to, to think about our faith and that walk of faith. I want us to think about, can we believe? Because we're at a place and a time where we need to be tapping into a God who can do the anything. And the everything. See, one translation says all things are possible. This new NIV says everything is possible. Was well, there any difference? No, that means, just means everything. Does that leave anything out? That's the exciting thing about that. Is nothing is left out if we can believe. Now, what do we believe in, though? He says everything is possible to the one who believes. But believes in what? Believes in unicorns? No. Believes in God. And more importantly, believes in the thing that they're praying for. You know, we see that related in other scriptures uh, in different places. Now, let me just uh, go on in verse uh, 24. Immediately the boy's father exclaims, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Now there's that little, there's that little pause there, that little semicolon. And so he, he went from being, I do believe... But then, then within that same thought, within that moment, unbelief came. He said, help my unbelief. Now, thankfully, Jesus, I mean, man, he responds off of that faith. It's interesting how this man comes to him with having very little faith. But something changed in a moment. When Jesus spoke to him, if you believe, all things are possible. See, that's what happens when the Word of God comes into our lives. When all of a sudden we hear God loves you enough to die for you. When, when we hear that God hears and answers our prayers. When we, when we hear those things, sometimes we may push them aside. Sometimes we may let the, the natural things that we're hearing, seeing, have experienced our own, our own history sometimes will stop us from trusting God. But then there'll come a time when somebody says something that you go, you know what, I just believe that. And, and that, in that moment, that, your faith rises. Now, see, that's, that's what I want us to see, and that's kind of what we talked about last week, is the difference between what was happening. Let's back up now, and let's read from verse 17. There was a, 
there was, they were arguing, and Jesus walks up on this argument that between the, the people and the disciples, and, and Jesus and a man in the crowd in verse 17 answered, because Jesus asked, what are you arguing about? And he said, teacher, I brought my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him on the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes at his teeth, and gets rigid. And I ask your disciples to drive it out, but they could not. Verse 19, you unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long will I stay with you? How long shall I be with you? Bring the boy to me. Now notice that, that man, and I, and I talked about this this morning in the prayer time, that notice that spirit was robbing him. See, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. When, when you ask yourself, uh, who's the thief? Who's the one that steals? We, we can identify that real quickly by John 10.10. 10. John 10.10 10 says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The, but I've come to give you life and life more abundant. Jesus came to give us quality of life, life abundant. We all should just be filthy rich. Is that what that's saying? No, that's not what that's saying. But it is saying that we should have good life, able to, to live well, able to have the things that we have need of able to, to, to walk in peace, able to receive the, not only the, the provision, but uh, the strength that we need. I was talking to a man today, and he was having to deal with some, some employee-type issues, some things that were a struggle and, and, and a difficulty. And you know, I said, here's the thing. We're gonna, we can pray for the strength to know exactly what to say and exactly how to deal with these, these issues. That's part of the abundant life. See, it's not abundant life for me to not be able to sleep because of the turmoil of dealing with an issue in life. It's not, it's, that's not the abundance. Abundance is the ability to walk through whatever I'm facing and, and have the ability to overcome that. Have the ability to deal with treatments. Have the ability to find a way to pay for them. Bill's a great example of that. His, his prayer was, God, give me the ability to take these treatments that I need to take and still be able to care for my wife, still be able to walk through this and, and not have the, the, or the, the, the stuff affect him. What am I trying to say? Side effects. Yeah, side effects. The, 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 those things. Not going to hold him back. He's going to walk on through that. God's blessed him there. God's strengthened him. God's given him the ability to have those then, then when they, they want to say, well, you need to pay $2,400 a month for this one pill. Or, or $2,400 a pill. I don't remember. It's a whole lot of money. It's way more. It didn't matter. It could have been 50000 It was more than he could do. We prayed. And God found a way. See, that's the abundance we're talking about. It's not getting filthy rich. It's having the ability to have everything we have need of. The ability to walk through the things we have to face. The wisdom when we don't know what to do. And so those are the things that we want to not let the devil steal from us. Now, something that I saw this morning in, my, in, the, in that prayer time, in that teaching that I did, that I had never seen before, was the thing that he it robbed this boy from was speech. In the ESV it says it made him mute. It, it, it shut his mouth. Now, I realize some of you need... A heavy dose. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just messing with you. There's times my wife will say, 
I, I, I can remember when we were younger, she would kick me under the table. We'd be out with a couple, be talking, and I'd be saying more than I needed to say. And she'd kick me under the Hey, you don't have to agree so big. She would, she would, she, she wanted to hit the mute button. That's the wonderful thing about that smartphone. Is there's times you can hit that mute button so they can't hear what you would like to say. There's times we need a filter. But listen, where the things of God are concerned, where our prayer is concerned, where our confession is concerned, we don't need to be mute. See, sometimes though, this is what the Lord showed me, the devil will steal our ability to speak. Speak what? Speak the blessing to somebody or the blessing over our situation. He'll, he'll steal the ability for us to pray a prayer in faith. He'll steal our confidence to go before God and call upon God. You know, I'll hear people say sometimes, I don't know how to pray. I say, well, learn. Well, I'm just not good with words. Well, God says that He will give us the things to say. He promised His disciples. He told us in, in Isaiah 50, verse 4, He'd wake us with the ear of the learned. He'd, we could speak with the tongue of the learned. I mean, what, a, what a, a phenomenal thing that we can begin to believe God for, the right words to speak but we need to make sure that we're not being stolen from. That's just a, a small thing, a side note there, value of this verse, and one of the reasons I wanted to go back by here. But notice how Jesus was perturbed, and I, I think that in verse 19, he's, he's a little bit perturbed. He's saying, you unbelieving generation. Now, who was he talking to there? I think he was talking to his disciples. And he's talking to the dad. And he's talking to anybody. He, you know what he's painting a picture of? You have the authority, the ability to do. You're letting the devil run over you, and they weren't even born again yet. And, and Jesus was given, expecting them to be able to overcome the enemy. See, we should never allow, allow the devil to steal from us. See, are you having thoughts of defeat and worry and, and lack and hopelessness? and an over See, that's the devil talking. That's the devil robbing you and I. I mean, there's times... Hey, there's times I, I can wake up at, you know, whatever time in the morning or night, and if I get to thinking, I can think about plenty too. I have to make a choice, though, to say, no, devil, no, I'm not. And you know what, I've, what I learned to do when he was really wearing me out so a few times is I just get up and get to praying. I said, well, I need to sleep. You ain't sleeping anyway. If the devil goes to steal in my sleep, you know what I do? I get up and I start pacing the floor. And I'm not pacing the floor in worry. I'm pacing the, pacing the floor with my physical Bible out, reading it, telling the devil and telling my circumstances and telling me and praying, God, this is what your word says. I'm not going to buy what CNN or even Fox News says. I'm going I'm to take what the word of God says. I'm not going to follow the doctor's reports. I mean, okay, let me, let me clarify. I started to name a name, but I'm not going to do that. But I'm not going to be limited by. I'm going to follow the doctors in, in their advice, okay? But I'm also, I'm not going to allow them to set my boundary, my limitations. I want to be careful. Now, I think we're the distancing. I mean, we're, we're distancing. We're not shaking hands. We're, we're being wise. I think some who are wearing masks and stuff, and it's perfectly awesome. Perfectly fine. That's not a problem. You don't want to be sitting too close because every once in a while I spit just a little bit. See, so it's it's better that you're you're back just a little ways. But but uh, you know we want to we want to take the word of God. Now we're going to compare this guy's life 
See, I asked the question last week, and I'll ask it again. How often do we come to God with a faithless request? See, this father came to Jesus, and he said, If you can help me, do so. Now, Jesus just cast the demon out, uh, and, it, and it left him. But let's, let's look at Mark chapter 5 again. We looked at this last week, but I want to go here again. Because I, I want us to see the difference in two fathers. Jesus made clear the separation between the unbelieving and the believing. He, he made clear the person who came in faith, and he, and he separated the impossibilities from possibilities. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. So, remembering back to that, that father, what changed? He came to Jesus, and I'm, I'm still in, I'm back in Mark chapter 9. But he came to Jesus with the question. It was a hope. It, it was a possibility. But it wasn't a position of faith. It wasn't a position of believing. It was a position of, I got no other, I got no other help. And so he came to Jesus. But what changed was Jesus spoke. He said, if you can believe, all things are possible. And when he spoke that, that faith rose up on the inside of him. And all of a sudden he said, Yes, I can believe. For that moment, his faith rose up above his feelings, above the circumstance, above what he saw, and he dared to believe. So that's why I challenge you where faith is concerned, challenge you where prayer is concerned. I challenge you with that expectancy to, to expect for God to do something. That's why when we pray, we're not just remembering you. We're praying. We're not just... I mean, we are remembering you, but I, I'm, I, I want you to understand and know, we are not just praying to make you feel better, us feel better. We're praying to change your circumstances. We're praying for Mark, for whatever digestive issues, that that leaves, that, that it's corrected. Whatever's wrong is made right, is shifted and changed. See, that's the kind of prayer that happens, but sometimes it's in a moment of those prayers that all of a sudden we see, we see things different. Now, like I said last week, that dad over there with the demon-possessed son, he had a moment of faith, and then no doubt, the, remember, we didn't read it, but the boy was, falling on, was flopping around on the ground. All of a sudden he was brought back to a reality that said, but, I always tell people, get the but out of the way. <laughs> you, you, you sometimes say, Oh, I can believe God. God can provide, but... That's, that's what Bill says, right? Well, God can provide, but this medicine's expensive. But you go back to the Word of God. But God can provide, and He will. Well, the doctor says this, but what does God's Word say? So don't let that limit you. Now look at the difference here in, in Mark uh, chapter 5. J. Iris in verse 21. When Jesus had again came across... Over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. Now understand something. This is in, in Capernaum, as most people believe, is in, in Capernaum. And so this was an area that Jesus was in a lot. And this was early in his ministry, but he was there. And this ruler of the synagogue was close to the Pharisees. I'm sure he was being told, don't be associating with Jesus 
we don't, we don't want to promote this. This is a bad thing. You know, Jesus, this, this crazy prophet guy, don't, don't mess with him. But yet he had seen and he had heard what Jesus is doing. He knew where his answer was. And so he came to Jesus entirely different. He came to Jesus in faith, not with a question, if you can, but he came with a statement. Verse, uh, he fell at his feet, verse 23. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her. Notice, so that she will be healed and live. Now see, the difference was, he came with something very specific. He came with a prayer. That's why I ask you some, often, what are we praying for? Are we praying for the good results from a surgery? We can believe God for that. That's what we're talking to Ms. Powell. We're believing God, that her, her doctors have wisdom and director. Donna Prokaska, talked to her on the way out here. We're praying and believing God with her, that that heart valve... Uh, repair goes well, that her body receives that well, that we stand against infection, that she comes through with quality of life in the other side. Now, we're not praying. She, I mean, we're, that will be a miracle, but that's not, that's not without the doctors. We can pray for that, but that's getting more specific. See, where is our faith? See, I'm believing God for you, every one of you that I pray every morning, everybody that I pastor, everybody that is, is connected with me, and I'd pray for everybody, but that's who God's assigned me for. That's why I'm not narrowing it. I'm not excluding anybody. But, but I'm praying for you that your immune systems are strong. That you have wisdom as you go about. If you need to wash your hands at a specific... Always wash your hands. But if there is a specific time. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're loosening up. Well, we need to relax and be at peace. But we also need to use wisdom. And so God didn't say, you know, I mean, if I'm walking through Romano State Park in a place where I grew up, I'm watching for rattlesnakes. I believe that I have the power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy. That's talking about demon spirits, but I, I'll associate it with rattlesnakes. I don't want to mess with a rattlesnake. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being smart. I'm not climbing in the jip hills and, and reaching in the cracks. Of the, I'm not, I ain't doing that. Certainly not desiring to do that. See, I'm not tempting God. I'm not challenging God. I don't think we should be unwise. But at the same time, where are we setting our faith for? Believing God. You came to church tonight trusting God. But I'm standing for my immune system. Get specific. God, I thank you that I have a strong immune system. I thank you, Lord God, that whatever my body needs, it absorbs from the food. Uh, you give me wisdom to eat the right vitamins or do, do whatever I need to do. So I'm praying. See, this dad came with a serious issue with his kid, but he had something specific that he was believing God for. So you say, well, you say I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray. Go before God. See, go before God. What would you do if what did you do when you took your driver's test? You drove. You, what, how did you drive? Did you just jump in there and just take off? Well, some of you might have, but probably what you did is you got some instruction. You got somebody who knew how to drive to tell you how to drive so that when you went for your 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 and you read the little manual and you and you did your test, you did your study, you prepared why? So you knew. What what'd you have to do? You had to learn. You had to study. You had to find out. If you don't know what to pray, let's go before God. That's my challenge to you. But he comes before God with something very specific. And notice, notice what Jesus did. He didn't say, well, you know. 
No, He went with Him. Now, see, what did that mean? See, Jairus came in a, with a position of faith and he set the boundaries. He said, my daughter is dying, but you come, you lay your hands on her, and she'll be healed and she'll live. He made it very clear. You lay your hands, she will, she will uh, live, she'll be healed. And, oh, just in case she dies before we get there. He didn't say that, but I'm wondering if that's just in his mind. Because he said, and she will live. He established the process through his prayer. And Jesus responded to that by going. You say, well, how, did, how do you know that... that uh, how, do you, how do you know that Jesus would have just agree with him telling Jesus how to pray? Because it was, a, it was within his will. Wasn't it within his will? Obviously, it was within his will. He's praying that prayer. He's doing something that Jesus had already done. Jesus demonstrated constantly. And so he knew his will would be that. And so he went to Jesus in that way. Now, go on and, and let's read uh, <clears throat> here in... Uh, Let's go to, he heals the woman with the issue of blood, and we don't have time to go there. But I want you to go, verse 35, while he was still speaking, some people came to the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and he said, your daughter is dead, they said, why bother the teacher anymore? And I said this last week, but I'm going to bring this back to your attention, because it said in verse 36, overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. Now, I painted a picture, and I, I believe that picture uh, needs to be painted again because we are constantly hearing one thing and then another. You can, you can listen to different news uh, feeds. You can talk to different people. You're hearing all, we're hearing all kinds of different things. But all I know that is constant and for sure is God and, and His faithfulness. So I want to continue to hold fast, put my faith in, not just the doctors, not just a vaccine, not just a, uh, uh, treatments, but I want to put my faith in God, that God is my healer, God is my source, God is my provision. But notice, when Jesus was dealing with the crowd where this woman had been healed, and all of a sudden people came up and they said, yeah, but this can't happen. Yeah, but she's already dead. Yeah, but it's too late. And Jesus immediately turns to him and he says, you hold fast to what you've believed. He says, don't fear, only believe. Now why was that important? Because there's always a time, normally, sometimes it's instant, but very seldom, there's always a time before the amen and the end result, the answer. There's all that, always that time. And that's when the devil can begin to come in and steal kill and destroy. He'll pull us off of that thing that God's promised us. That thing that we put our faith in. That thing that we're seeing beginning to work. See, uh, even when you get results on something, you'll, you'll see, they'll say, well, you know, it worked once, but I don't know if it'll work again. Well, what, what does God say? I'm going to stand and I'm going to hold fast to Him. I'm going to only just have faith. Notice He said, He overheard what they said and He pulled Him back. And He said, only believe. See, uh, when Jesus went with Jairus, that was, there was no doubt in Jairus' mind that he agreed with him. Jesus set that. Have you, ever, have you ever prayed and when you got done praying, you just felt like, man, that, that, that's it. That's answered. It's done. 
You ever, you ever been praying with somebody and you had the words come and, and you just knew, I was like, man, this is done. But then there's that time before it actually manifests. See, Jesus went with him. That was confirmation. There would have been a high level of certainty because Jesus just went with him. Jesus didn't question him. Jesus didn't hesitate. When Jairus said, if you'll come lay your hands on my daughter, she will be healed and she will live. Man, I'm telling you, he, he just took off and he went with her. Or we, he went with him. There was no doubt. The only doubt before that was whether or not Jesus was willing. But when Jesus turned and said, let's go, he knew that Jesus, who he put faith in for the ability to do it, now he had confirmation that he was willing to do it. He had all that he needed, but then all of a sudden, there came a roadblock to him getting his answer. Roadblock to it being manifest. Roadblock to the provision. I, I re, well, I, I, I can tell stories. I can't. I don't have time. But we got to make sure that we pull ourselves back in and refuse to be afraid, refuse to leave what we've trusted God with and, and refuse to, to not maintain what Jesus has provided, what He's promised, and what He's supplied through the prayer. When Jesus went, that confirmed in Him the answer. Now go on. Uh, it said that He said, don't be afraid, just believe. Only believe. Hold fast to what you've entrusted. Then He goes on in and He accomplishes everything that he said, notice it said in verse 39, he went in and he said to them, why is all this commotion wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. And after he'd put them all out, he took the child's father and mother, the disciples who were with him, and he went into the child's house and he took her by the hand. He did what Jairus had said. He prayed. See, there's such a power in us having confirmed in us where our faith is. So you've got to ask yourself sometime, am I going to God in a position of faith or am I going to God just hoping something works? Am I going to God with a prayer that's according to His will, according to His Word, that is based on a faith from, from a promise from God? Did I establish that because of what happened to somebody else or an experience over here or maybe something in the past or is it a fresh word that's now? There's a, there's a word, and I'll, I'll close with this, but there's a word in, in, the, in the Hebrew, or in the Greek, called rhema, and it is, the, it is a now word, a living word. It's a fresh word from God for a specific purpose, for a specific person in a specific situation. And it, it is clear when that word comes that faith also comes. It was that time when you knew that you were forgiven, you were saved. It's that time when you were reading through the Word of God and all of a sudden something jumps off the page and it's yours. See, that's what we got to seek after. If you've accomplished anything in life, you put in effort to get there. Where God is concerned, it's not earning your salvation, but it's earning the ability to trust Him in prayer and trust Him in faith. And I just challenge you to go ahead and and go before God and say, God, what is it that you promised me? See, one of the words that God gave me was the, our immune systems, to pray for strong immune systems. That's how God designed our body to battle this virus. The other thing is that we're, I'm going to believe God that the curse can't come upon us. 
Psalms 91. When we pray Psalms 91, we're praying against the curse. We're praying against that plague. We're praying against that virus. So we take that word and we stand on that and we pray against it and against those that, others that it would come against. You know, I'm just going to uh, close this service tonight and I just want to give you uh, the opportunity. One, one scripture from 1 Peter 5 eight says that the devil roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. One of the words from God that we got to get a hold of is that we have the ability to overcome the enemy. We're not going to allow him to steal, to rob, to take our peace, to take our strength, to take our physical health, to take any of our, our ability to care for ourselves. That Lord God, we're going to trust you and live for you. And so I just challenge you tonight, just take the word of God and, and choose to stand in faith. These scriptures have been so powerful uh, to me and, and I believe to you to, to look at the contrast between those two, those two fathers. You had one that came with a question and Jesus spoke. You had another that came in faith that held him through a great change and a great transformation. Something that came in to steal his end result, but he held fast to the word. That's when God called... Uh, Jesus called him back to his position of faith. I'm calling you back to that position of faith. Every time you've stood and prayed, and it doesn't look like anything's happening, go back to the Word. Continue to hang fat, hold fast. Well, as these guys are coming and as we get ready to close, I just want to give those that are here or maybe watching online an opportunity to make Jesus Christ Lord of your life. You know, one of the things that is most important is that choice and that decision to say to call Jesus in as Lord over your life you know we don't I don't know who's watching I don't know everybody here but I do know that Jesus died for each and every one of us he died on a cross he paid for our sin he gave us opportunity to call him Lord the Bible says that if we'll call upon the name of the Lord we'll be saved that if we'll believe that Jesus is the Christ, that God raised Him from the dead, that we can invite Him into our life, we can repent of our sins, we can basically accept Him, not basically, but accept that free gift of salvation. And I just challenge everybody here, if you've not certainly made that choice, and those watching, you know, there's something called a, a prayer of salvation. It's simply confessing that I need a Savior. I need a Lord. I need forgiveness. And you know what? When we do that, God didn't judge us for our sin. He says, thank you for receiving the free gift. I see you through the provision of the cross and the blood of Jesus. It's an amazing thing. We've never done too much to be too far from God. We've never been done too much. No sin's too great. And if we'll call upon the name of the Lord, we can join Him in a personal relationship. Let's go before the Lord and let's, let's pray together. Father, we just come before You tonight and we just honor and praise You and thank You that, that Lord, all across this room, all across this state or even across this, around this world, that Father God, anybody who hears this call 
will know it's from the, from the Lord and that the Holy Spirit would draw them. The Lord, that, that uncomfortable, that, that tugging on their heart, their, their, in their spirit, man, that it's from a loving Father by the, the Spirit of God calling them to repentance. And if that's you, I pray, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, that you make that choice and decision to say yes to Jesus Christ. Not to religion, not to a church, but to a personal relationship with a living, loving God. Father, I thank you and I praise you that you see their heart, you see their lives. And if they'll pray this prayer, dear Jesus, I thank you for dying for my sins. Forgive me, cleanse me and make me new. Be my Lord and Savior. I know, Lord God, that you have saved them. Father, I just pray that you strengthen them to call or to connect through social media. We praise you and thank you for the, those that make that choice and decision tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.